Jason Cousineau and I, Eric Render Kingfist, talk about dark matter, dark energy, and dark fluid in the realm of cosmology in the first part of our show. Then we move along to talk about publications, taking notice of Google censoring search engine results. Then we talk about the next economic bubble that's about to burst and how the collapse of government agencies would cause an ecological disaster for the entire world. Then we wrap up the show with our thoughts on how you could be a decent person in these troubling, polarizing times. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Which is really sort of funny because people miss out on the free show banter where Jay and I talk about our personal lives and what's going on the in the in the realm of of all things hip and cool and his, hipster and <laughs> I can't even say that in a straight <laughs> face. <laughs> we're we're lucky if we stay awake past ten o'clock. Oh. Well, speak for yourself. I'm regularly awake past ten o'clock. Okay. I usually stay up until ten o five. Oh my God, you animal! Uh, I'm a party animal, man. I'm telling you. Uh, <laughs> so. Anyway, we're gonna. One of the things we're gonna talk about here. I'm looking at this story that somebody had posted uh, about the theory on dark matter and what could dark matter be. And we have one of our our members. I'm trying to get to the page. This is the thing that drives me crazy here. We, I, I have so many pages open, <laughs> and all of a sudden... <laughs> which my, tab was it? <laughs> which, not only that, I have all, all these windows and tabs open, and all of a sudden, for some reason, the the audio recorder quits. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, that's not right. <laughs> uh, uh, it's no, I don't need a new computer. I, <laughs> I need to learn how to close windows here. Uh <laughs> Because uh, the thing is, is that my, my laptop is stuck on the screen asking, do you want one big article on The Godfather Part 1 or 2, or do you want me to break it up in half? Yeah, and just for the record, I think uh, I think each one and two of The Godfather deserves their own article. Okay. That's just me. In uh, fact, you could even heckle yeah. Godfather 3 and just sprinkle it in each article. <laughs> just don't watch it. Just don't... <laughs> It's, That's just an abomination. <laughs> yeah. So do you want to, uh, let's see, uh, we got to find that article on. I've got it up here. Okay. Let me give you a link. Yeah. Yeah. Just, or you can just read it. Yeah. Cause it's, it's so, actually a short little article. Yeah. Send there, me, so. you send me the article and I will put it on our show page. So, and this is the, on the futurism.com An Oxford scientist may have solved the mystery of dark matter. And just so that what everyone knows is that. Um, basically, one of the most galling, I'm just going to read it, one of the most galling cries in physics, mysteries, excuse me, in physics is that of dark matter and dark energy. The names given to the unknown material and energy that observations suggest permeate the universe, but we can't see. Scientists believe that together, these materials could account for up to 95% of the total mass of the universe. Now, that's not space. That's mass. Right, so this right. this energy or material or whatever it is actually has something solid about it. Right. Um, it's just sort of a um, – it's something out there that – it's like when you're looking at something 
at night. Yeah. You can't really see it, but you can see it off the side of your vision because yeah. of the way our eyes work. So this is basically what they're what they're observing and how they're observing it is they can't observe it directly. They have to observe they have to observe it sort of from the side, how it's affecting things more right. than anything else. Which, to be honest with you, a lot of astrophysics involves that anyway. Like yeah. they can tell that stars have planets around them because they observe the motion of the star even if they can't see the planet because it's too far away exactly that kind of thing so this is actually something that they're really well versed in observing yeah um, in this manner the, that manner of observation is something that they're good at so anyway um this is talking about a, an article that was published in astronomy and astrophysics the journal yeah. Um, and it suggests that they can both be explained as if they're treated as a negative mass fluid. So this would be an invisible fluid that behaves in the opposite way of all conventional materials. If you push it, it accelerates towards you instead of away from you. Yes. And the astrophysicist behind this theory is James, uh, Jamie Farnes. And he created a computer model explaining how it affects the universe, how it holds galaxies together. And because that held up it's a hint that it might actually solve existing astrophysical conundrums now he also goes on to say that um and i'll just read his quote despite these efforts a negative mass cosmology could be wrong the theory seems to provide answers to so many currently open questions that scientists will quite rightly be rather suspicious however it is often the out-of-the-box ideas that provide answers to long-standing problems the strong accumulating evidence has now grown to the point where we must consider this a possibility, an unusual possibility. So he's saying this is just a theory. He hasn't proven anything yet, but what modeling he's done is supporting this theory right yeah. now. And there's enough of it that supports the theory that he felt comfortable actually publishing it. And now it's kind of going through the peer review process if you will. Yeah. So question is, what does this mean? Well, it, it means that we have something in the supernatural to talk about this week. Um, <laughs> oh, there's always stuff to talk about, about supernatural. What, what does this mean for us as, well, as our understanding? It's, it's of sort of like this. And here's a great analogy. Whereas it's like, and, and, and kids, it's going to be hard for you to understand this, but there was once a time where if you wanted to listen to music, you had to get these, flat plastic discs and put them on what we called a turntable and you had to put the needle on the record and let the disc spin while the needle was pressing gently up against the plastic we used to call them records or lps or albums and once in a while you would have dust on the record as it spun and it sort of was a visual representation of our galaxy, the dust on the record. Whereas is that as stars are moving around the center of the galaxy, they're not flying off in, you know, they're not, as things spin because of centripetal force, everything is just pushed outwards and away. How is it that centripetal force does not actually work in 
galactic cosmology. Is that even a word? Is, is cosmology the right word? Is, is, is cosmology the study of the cosmos? Who knows? Who cares? How come galaxies are not flying apart as they're spinning around in circles? And the thing is, is that you would, and you would wonder what's, what's the, what's the vinyl? What's the, what's the material that's holding the universe together? Like if you look at a record album, obviously it's the dust that's sitting on the resting on the on the record. Well, the thing is, is that what's the quote dark matter that's holding the galaxy together in sort of that visual representation? It's a hor- I, The more I say it, the more I realize it's a horrible analogy. It's the best one. <laughs> well, the- it's hard to have an analogy for it. I mean, it I, re- really I remember when I first read about the concept of i believe it was dark matter that came out first and then they expanded it to dark energy and now apparently it's expanding to dark fluid right um it was 10 or so years ago and i don't know how long astrophysicists and cosmologists have been discussing it as a possibility but it was just so mind-bending because up until that point in my life 30 some odd years I had been under the impression that space is empty. Right. It is the ultimate emptiness. It's a vacuum. There is no there there. Right. Now, to me, the interesting thing about this, if we there is this dark matter or dark fluid, does that mean there's a form of sound? Maybe. That's out there? Yeah. Well, if he says it behaves the opposite of what we expect, then it would be... It would explain why there is no sound in space, because not only is there no medium for it to travel through, but there is actually a medium out there that is absorbing that motion rather than allowing it to, yeah. to perpetrate. So that's just a really fascinating concept. Yeah. And to me, this goes to show that science does science does not have all the answers. Yes. And That's, it seems like the only time they're willing to admit that is when it's outside of our Earth. Oh yeah, and that's okay. And I think that yeah. I think that that's I think that that's awesome. Yeah. I, I think it's incredible. Whereas, it's like astronomy is the one field in science where people are comfortable saying, "I don't, I don't know." Here's yeah. our theory. Here's here's what we know. Here's what we don't know. Here's what we think we know. And every time you turn around, somebody's got an interesting theory that sets science on its ear. Um, yeah. The uh, the idea that I mean, there was once a time not too long ago that that nobody understood what a galaxy was until we looked at a galaxy under you know through telescopes, and it right. it didn't realize that thanks to galaxies. Um, and finding out that galaxy, like we are in a galaxy, and it is, a co- it's a hundred light years across or so, and galaxies are similar to this disc that we're riding on. It's much further away than we could ever possibly have imagined. Edwin Hubble was I, one of the guys who did the leading research on the nature of yeah. galaxies, and once you realize what a galaxy is and how far away it is. And the, fir- the deeper you look into space, the more galaxies that you see, the universe, you know, somewhere somewhere between um, uh, 1900s and Edward Hubble's um, 
discoveries and his theories and hypotheses, the space was kind of small. And it, yeah. it, it went from kind of small, you know, the universe is yay big. There's only like maybe, you know, and it was just like and every time we turn around, every time we keep looking deeper and deeper into space, we find more and more galaxies. And there's the universal model that looks like this, like the veins of a, a, of a giant leaf. And you realize that yeah. our our galaxy isn't even represented in a pixel. There are like a like a hundred galaxies or a thousand galaxies in just one pixel of that picture. I think it was you that actually sent me this article that basically they took a one square inch spot of the black depth space that we see in our yeah. sky. Yeah. And they zoomed in on it with the Hubble telescope, and they found out that there are more galaxy in that one square inch of blackness in our sky than the number of stars we can see from the earth yeah i sent a a while ago a long while yeah yeah it was years ago but just that concept alone is just mind-boggling and then you start (laughs) and then you start talking about the idea of you know the only intelligent life in the universe is here on earth i don't even think that there's intelligent life here on earth i mean have you been watching the news well yeah i mean there's there's intelligence then there's intelligence see and yeah. my gosh but it, i love that there is the idea that there's so much unknown you know there's i don't I don't like thinking that we figured everything out. I like thinking that there is things in this world, there are things in this universe that we not only can't explain, but acknowledge that we cannot explain it. That's the best part. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, that's where that's where the magic is. Speak yeah. And 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 speaking of magic, um we got a great group of people in all of our groups and this uh Link came to us from John McPherson, who is a great member on both of our groups. We got to thank him for this, and uh, I, I, I think we we need to get his mailing address so we can jam him off a uh, a coffee mug or a T-shirt with the Fedora Chronicles yeah. or um, metaphysical connection logo on it. So yeah. send him off something nice for that because that was that was a nice thing that he did sending us that article. Uh, wanted to get back on another topic here because this is probably the biggest story of the month, Jay. Uh, oh, yeah. And, and we've talked about this ad nauseum in other... I don't know how much time we're going to spend on this. Um, but a lot with of... us, huh? we could start off with it and then spend the next hour on the, the side conversations around it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just going to admit here, um, front and center, we are probably going to go off on a couple of tangents on this. Um, but this is becoming probably one of the biggest news items that uh, it, it's really not being addressed front and center yet. But the major ma- mainstream media outlets are starting to take notice. And there are quite a few stories out there. Just do a, um, it's funny that I'm asking you to do a Google search of this. <laughs> don't, don't use Google for this. Use Bing, Yahoo, or DuckDuckGo to find this. Find these news stories. Google censoring search results. 
and tell me what you come up with using those other search engines. And so I'm on I'm on Bing. And okay. They, actually, link number one is in Wikipedia article yep. on censorship by Google. Yeah. And then the next ones are Google caught red-handed censoring search results. Yeah. Google yeah. is censoring shopping results. Google is the world's biggest censor. Google censoring search results to protect Hillary. That one just wow. That's I don't have time. Yeah. Um, being accused of censoring search results, you're safe to your place to report search engine censorship on on Reddit. Yeah. Bing Bing is accused of now, censoring now, search results. Now, now yeah. kudos to them for I'm on Bing and that article shows up on the first page. I yeah. mean that's result number eight, I think it is eight or nine. It's in the top ten. And they're talking they have a link about how they themselves are being accused of censoring search results. It's amazing. And then of course we've got to get the 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 orange in the White House. Trump calls out Google for rigged search results and Google planning a centered search engine for China. Well, I, that just means they're going to let them use their regular search engine, I guess. Apparently. Yeah, I mean that's Now I'm I am going to actually do it on Google. Yeah. Tell me what you come up with. I, I mean, and the thing is, here's the crazy thing is, is that we know, um, mm -hmm. like, like we know we have evidence. We have hard, we have hard evidence. We have the screen captures, um, somewhere on our site. And we've, we've done this. We've done the story. I think this is, this is the fourth time that we've mentioned this on the podcast, and it's such an important story because like I we noticed that they're starting they're censoring search results when you're looking for our articles. And now mm -hmm. other publications are starting to notice the same on their website. I think um, if you do a quick search, um, Google censoring search results, um, Wall Street Journal, I think that they're and I don't know if you're going to be able to find it. Yeah, um, I don't. I just did a a search on Google for censoring search results, the exact same phraseology, even the spelling error, because I copied and pasted it, that I did on Bing. And surprisingly, there's two or three of the same articles yeah. on there, but most of the other ones are not there. So the Wikipedia article is there, the Reddit thing is there, and that I know because Wikipedia and Reddit are programmed in Google to show up first if they have a relevant yeah um, relevance to the search. So the, those are going to show up because of the way their algorithm works on Google. But then there's uh, Google censorship, Stanford Computer Science. Google is the world's biggest censor. What is a search engine on the web which doesn't censor? And that's Quora. Um, inside Google's effort to develop a search censored search in China. The Google censored search engine could actually help Chinese citizens. Okay, because now now we're getting into the big government folks. That is Washington Post. Yeah. On that one, got to put a positive spin on it. Followed by the Guardian, Google working on censored search engine from for China. Why Google censored search engine for China is an ethical blah blah blah. Um, Google might be ready to play by China's censorship rules. Um. Which means they already are. Well, we know that there's 
that they are tailoring their search results. Yeah. They, they weigh things of certain opinions lighter than other opinions. So, like as I mentioned earlier, the fact that Wikipedia shows up and Reddit shows up, those are programmed in. That's part of the algorithm. If they can do that with those particular places, there is nothing that says they can't do it in the opposite. If you can weigh things more heavily, you can weigh things less heavily. It's just a Boolean switch in your algorithm, and it's very easy to accomplish. So anyone who says otherwise, I would have to, I would have to find a developer who would disagree with me on that because I've worked with I've worked with databases. I've I'm not a developer, but I have worked with development code and C sharp and C plus plus and um, Java, and it's just a boolean switch. Yeah, that's all you have to do. Um, so you can you can downplay certain sites in a search result. Yeah, you can play up certain sites in a search result. I don't claim to be a a coding expert by yeah. any stretch of the imagination, but I know enough to know that if you can do one, you can do the other. That's just how it works. So, yeah, this is, and this is huge because this is where everyone one goes to. Google is the number one search engine, to the point where it's it's a utility. The next the next three or four search engines combined, yeah don't equal the amount of traffic that Google gets. Yeah. Yeah. Really? It's become, uh, it's, it's become a utility. It's like the electric company. You cannot get electricity without using the electricity, the electric company. Every right. Everybody has to go through the electric company. Well, you can, but you can't. I don't know about, I've, I've, so I've lived in was it, seven states. And in every single state, you have to have an account with yeah. the electric company, even if you are providing yourself your own electricity. Yeah. You have to. The, you know, I, I and the, looking at this one article from the Daily Caller, and this is this is another thing, and it's like, I'm not sure if, I'm not sure if this is just, you know, once, the, my next stop on Crazy Town. But when I look at some articles and and I totally blame myself because I could have too many windows open. But when I try and look at stories that are controversial and are critical of Google, they don't scroll right. They scroll slowly. And are you uh, are you using Chrome? Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I, I mean, it, it, is it because I have too many windows open? I, I'm I'm, All right. I'm recording audio right now. Yeah. Do me a favor. Yeah. Copy that daily caller, um, that daily caller article. Oh, never mind. Never mind. Here it is. Because I copied the link you sent. Yeah, me and and, and I and and I had. Yeah. I didn't copy and paste it correctly to you. Uh, okay. Yeah. I just noticed that. Yeah, it's okay. my fault. My fault. Yeah. Why do and what is this thing with the websites always asking for permission to freaking send me notifications? I don't want notifications on your yeah, crap. all Just of give them. Give me the fucking article. Except for the Fedora Chronicles, we don't do that. We don't like demand no. that we send you alerts 
It's mostly because I haven't figured out how to write that code yet. I mean, <laughs> what? We also what? we also don't we also don't demand that you know you tell us where you are. It, we don't want to know where you are. <laughs> well, we certainly don't want you knowing where we are. So it's only courteous to extend the same courtesy. Exactly. You know I mean? Exactly. We're just being polite. We don't. We don't want you to know that we're we're uh, recording this podcast in an underground bunker and in uh, uh, some undisclosed location. <laughs> no, that would be crazy. That's just crazy talk. It is. Uh Google employees debated whether to bury the Daily Caller and other conservative media outlets in the company's search function as a response to President Donald Trump's election. Quote, let's make sure that we reverse things in four years, end quote. One engineer wrote in a thread that included a Google vice president. Google yeah. employees similarly sought to manipulate search results to combat Trump's travel. Yeah. And you combine that with what um, we learned from James Damore, or what James Damore learned. And can I just say that what happened with James Damore, a lot of people who are not very well read into it get it wrong. James Damore is not a conservative. Yeah. James Damore is a liberal. He agrees with what Google was doing until, up until the point they fired him. I yeah. think he... I. I I don't know that he's had a change of heart since then. But for the most part, when you read what he wrote, he's basically saying, I agree with you. Here is, but we're looking at it kind of wrong in how to combat it. Yeah. You can't combat it by just saying you have to hire so many females. What you need to do is you need to present it in a way that makes it more appealing to females. Right. That was what he wrote. And he got, he got fired. He got demonized in the in the media. Yeah, his life got turned inside out and upside down. It turned it's it turned into a witch hunt, and he was Giles Corey standing there, you know, saying more weight every time they threw another rock on him. Yeah, and I have a lot of respect for the guy. I don't agree with him politically, but all he was trying to do was present a case, saying like any good engineer would. Hey, I've discovered that. The problem, what we're trying to accomplish, not the goal, it's the means we're using to get to that goal. That's yeah. all he said. Yeah. That's insane. And then they fire him for it, you know? Yeah. And I don't know. I, I do have to admit that InfoWars and, and the, the Daily Caller are not exactly sites that I go to yeah. frequently. But it's like... <laughs> you do a Google search and that's what comes up or you do a Bing search or, or, or a Yahoo search duck duck go yeah. and that's that's what you get and you have these other outlets that say hey listen we've noticed this trend here's the trend they you know they are removing our web pages from search yeah. results and I'll use I'll use our us again and say that if you do a if you do a Google search for the Fedora Chronicles, the information is not secure. That article does not come up. And and I've again I've spoken to a couple of people about this. As a matter of fact, I I had a conversation with somebody at MIT to talk about this, and he was sitting in the back of my Ford Flex while we were talking, and mm -hmm. he looked it up and he said, "Son of a bitch, wouldn't you know it? There it is." 
Yeah. It's not there. This it's it's not there. And it's like, are you sure that that article actually exists on your server? And I said, yes. So I went to fedorachronicles.com slash rants, looked it up, just did a scrolled it until he found the information is not secure, clicked on it, and there it is. Yeah. And then he's... So it's he it's sa- not like it's cached. He sat there and he read the article and he said, what exactly in this article did you say that has... It's censored. Has it removed? What What in this... How, and, how and is that's this... what it, I said when you told me, too. How, on, that, on, on that podcast, when you told me, that's what yeah. I said, too. Why this article? Of all of the articles you've you've written, of all the things you've said, and you've said some things that are, let's face it, not terribly, you know, um, flattering. Oh yeah. To the same people, right? Why that article? Was it because of the way you phrased the title? Yeah. Is it because of something you said in it? That to me is would be the more revealing of their motivations. You know, was it something about how? Was it a combination of words or phrases or whatever? Because that's going to going to show us, give us an insight into their thought process as to why that's not showing up. It's creepy as hell. It's creepy. Oh, it is. And just and to hear other publications now complain about the same that this is going to be the biggest news story. Uh in. 2018 i think well i think that it when is, people look it is back to people that are paying attention yeah well that's an, that's another thing that people are not paying attention of and it's like if you do if you take the time and you and you do a search and look up fbi raids yeah. and there's all these stories about these fbi raids who and it's part of like the Mueller investigation i guess maybe you do a search for FBI raids in, in the month of December 2018, and there's all these news stories, and you're wondering, how come this is not front page on CNN? How come this is not front page on Fox News? The FBI is raiding the, office, uh, the offices of some whistleblowers. Yeah. And it was just like, how, how come... How come Rachel Maddow isn't screaming about this on her TV show? I'm using Rachel Maddow as an example. I haven't seen her show in a while. Is she even talking about this? How come we're not talking about these investigations? And I mean, obviously, everybody is talking about the Mueller investigation, hoping that they get the dirt on Trump. But the thing is, is that one of these, you know, um, they raided the home in the office of somebody who was a whistleblower and it was as part of the um, Hillary Clinton email server investigation. It had something to do with uh, the Clinton Foundation, uh, Hillary Clinton when she was Secretary of State, and the sales of uranium to the Russians. That's That's not getting headlines. Right. But if it's about the investigation about Trump, Maybe you'll find an article about this, and maybe they're trying to keep the investigation, um, the Mueller investigation, hush hush, so people don't know. Hey, they're coming after me or anything like that. Within, 
within the Washington D.C. Trump political machine. I mean, who knows? If it's it, but right. it, and I was I was listening to this other podcast and they were talking about how this is this is how biased the media is. If it's news about Hillary, they they try and bury it the best they can. But if it's bad news about Trump, they oh, yeah, they, 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 they they trip over themselves trying to get the news out the the quickest, the fastest. Yeah. And again, it it all boils down to the bias right now here's the thing from my perspective if they were just honest about having that bias i would have no problem with it if i went to google and google said the progressive search engine for all of your okay no okay fine at least you're being honest yeah tell me that i appreciate it because it's not in my opinion google is a private company so it's not like I'm saying, you're violating my free speech. Yeah. No, they have a right to censor the search results being a private resource. Just don't tell us you're not. Just be honest about it. Yeah. Same thing with like CNN. If CNN wants to be hard-charging liberal Democrat, fine. Just tell us you are. If Fox wants to be the alternative for more conservative, although I don't think they're very conservative, you know, if they want to present themselves as that, Fine, go ahead and do that. Just don't lie to I would me rather, about it. Yeah, don't tell me you're unbiased. I see your bias. You know, I, I see it. You know, it's at least tell me. That way they're the people who are voting and are getting their headlines from places like Fox and CNN know that, okay, if I'm agreeing with what they're saying, I must also have these particular political beliefs. I can't tell yeah. you how many people say, oh, I'm middle of the road. And then you talk to them and you find out that they only get their news from one news source. So right. that colors their opinion. So even though they think they're God middle of the me. road, yeah. they exist in that echo chamber. So they don't even realize there's the other side out there. I don't know where you're getting this information. And I hear that a lot. And it's like, okay, again, I go to BBC. I go to Al Jazeera, I go to Fox News, I go to CNN. Yeah. I'm trying to get as many different opinions as I possibly can. You know? And that's how you stay informed. That's how you know what's going on because at that point you can see the commonalities of each news story because they talk about the same things. You can you can go to pick any news story that shows up on CNN. You'll see a, a same a story about that same event or that same topic on bbc you'll see it on fox you'll see it on al jazeera yeah they have this they cover the same things and the common threads you see across all four is truth or as close to the truth as we're ever going to get anyway yeah so again the problem isn't the bias in and of itself it's the denial that they are biased if google came out tomorrow and said look yeah every the, the crackpots that are wearing the tinfoil fedoras they're absolutely <laughs> correct there, we've been we've been censoring our search results for the past twenty fucking years, and you guys are all idiots because you didn't realize it until now. Yeah, exactly. You know? I would be fine with that. Just don't, be just, like, just thank be you. honest. Just don't lie. Don't exactly. lie about it anymore. Thank you. I'll change in the tinfoil for a beaver fur, no problem. It looks better anyway. At least I know. And and, and stop stop calling, <laughs> stop calling us crazy because when we catch you doing what you're doing 
and saying, stop gaslighting us and saying that, uh, oh, no, no, we're not, we're not doing that. We're not doing that at all. Yeah. And it turns out, yeah, you are. You are doing that. And it was, and now other media outlets are catching on as well. And I, right. I can't help but wonder if somehow people were, um, I, I, I wonder if people are saying, hey, listen, I'm following this guy on Twitter, this, this Fedora Chronicle guy. And he says that uh, some, of, some of his articles are, are uh, not being featured in search results, especially when he types in the name of the website and the article. I wonder, you know, I'm going to talk to my boss here at um, Wall Street Journal. And I'm going to say, hey, can we do a story on this? And they said, yeah, but don't, don't mention the Fedora Chronicles guy because he's fucking crazy. <laughs> Right, oh it makes God. but it makes me it makes me feel a little less crazy seeing yeah. how these other outlets are catching on. Well, what it all boils down to is, to me, the way I think of things and the way I kind of view things is, I try not to depend on a search engine for everything. Yeah, right. We've just gotten lazy. Oh, where, we are. We are. No, we're, we really are. We've gotten lazy where it's like, oh, I'll just look it up on Google. Okay, well, I'll go to Wikipedia and look it up. Right. And you can't even trust I Wikipedia know. sometimes. Well, Wikipedia is open source. Right. So anyone and their mother can edit any article on Wikipedia. That's why um, for the longest time, Wikipedia was not allowed to be used as a source when college students were researching yeah, and they still can't some some still can't some university well it depends on the university and the topic yeah but a lot of a lot of universities are allowing it as long as you have corroborating yeah um, sources as well you can't be a lone source you have to have other sources um because some of the articles on wikipedia if you look at the links on the bottom where yeah. they're sourcing all of their information some of them are really well researched. They are. They really are. They are. Others of them, yeah. You know, it could be just a blog entry on some whack jobs page. Who knows? But you know, again, you've got to kind of be smart when you look at things. But I would rather read it on Wikipedia because I know I can go to their sources. I know I can go and look up how well researched this is. So I would rather go to Wikipedia and look that up. Then just go to a search engine who's just weighing things based on how much money they're going to get from the ad revenue plus sites that they just prefer to give search results on. And Bing does it. Google does it. DuckDuckGo does it. All of these places really kind of do it because they're businesses. They have to make money somehow. So I get that, the, you know, but it's like I don't get a lot of viruses on my computer, right? And I talk to people who aren't as well-versed in computers, and they'll ask me, you know, oh, crap, we got this virus, we got that virus. I'm like, I haven't had a virus in years. Well, how do you do it? I know where I'm going. I, I browse smart. I use links that are, I create my own HTML page with links on it that I know I can go to, and I know those, those are safe sites. I don't generally go to a site unless I have done a little bit of research that it's not going to screw up my computer with viruses, right? Um, and everyone says, oh, pornography, if you just avoid pornography, you're going to avoid viruses. No, that's not true. Um, there was no news about it, ironically, but actually CNN 
and Fox News and I believe MSNBC had an advertisement on that on their page. It was like three or four years ago that if you got that advertisement, you got a virus. Um, didn't make it in the news because they caught it after I think 24 hours or something like that, and they just eliminated that ad. It's real simple. It wasn't in their code. It was just there, something their code was calling that had it. So, you know, it's just you have to be smart about things, and people don't want to spend time educating themselves on how they do things. You know, again, I don't care if you disagree with me. I care more that you can support your argument against me without saying things like, you're stupid or that's oh, yeah. stupid or you're one of those. Because as soon as you say those things, you're telling me that you have no supporting evidence, no supporting information to your opinion. It's just your opinion. And I would much rather hear you say, well, this is just my opinion. I disagree with you. And that's my opinion. Because you know what? The ability to say we disagree and I don't hate you is something that I'm seeing increasingly disappearing in the world. And that is just a horrible shame for us as people. I'm going to use this as an example. Whereas I watch, I was reading the posts on a friend's Facebook page about the, the JFK conspiracy assassination. Mm -hmm. And one of our mutual friends... Or did I unfriend him because of some of the other crazy things that he said in the past? He had said that the time to talk about these conspiracy theories is when the event actually happens. And because nobody came forward and said, this is what happened in Daly Plaza in Dallas on November 22nd, 1963, all the other stuff, none of that stuff ever happened. It's all, it's all yeah. bogus. And I was going to step in and say what about what about people like Mark Lane Mark Lane was one of he's the first legitimate person to come forward and say there's aspects of this that I find BS you look at what Jim Garrison uncovered and what a lot of the things that people confided in him and said I gave this testimony to the Warren Commission and what they said I said and what I actually said that was published in the Warren Report is not what I said. They they blatantly manipulated my testimony. Dozens of people came forward and told Jim Garrison this and told Mark Lane this, told yeah. a lot of people who had researched what actually happened in Daily Plaza and what and, happened. And I... And, and, if I remember correctly, he's yeah. not the only one that said things like that. No, not, but those are the, the the first two legitimate lawyers. And J Jim Garrison, attorney general, district attorney, who put Clay Shaw on trial. There's a great movie about it. Maybe you've heard about it. Um, Oliver Stone did a movie about this. But the actual book, On the Trail of the Assassins, written by Jim Garrison, has a lot of material in it that was not could not have possibly have been covered in that movie. Jim yeah. Garrison talks about how there are so many people who came forward and say, you know, Mr. Garrison, this is what I said to this is what I said to the FBI. This is what I said to the Secret Service, and I was ignored. I said, mm -hmm. this is what I saw behind the picket fence on Daly Plaza. You know, after the new year, we may have to do a couple of like special 
special feature podcast just on the JFK assassination yeah. itself. Yes. And then also various conspiracy theories surrounding it. I think it would I think it would be enlightening to just explore just the assassination from what we, we know and, and we also and then all yeah. the yeah, all of the theories around it, exactly. We need to get Richard Bartholomew back on the show because he is, has written this incredible that, book. And I'm, that I'm, guy I'm, knows far too much about that one topic. It's actually kind of scary. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's sort of like John Penman knows way too much about crafting fedoras. Um, yeah. You know? yeah you and know. it was, it, it, you, look at these, you look at these people who say that didn't happen. The apologists for the Warren Commission. And the Warren Report, they will not look at certain aspects of the assassination. Read everything. Read Mark Lane's book. Read Mark Lane's last word. And what he had said about everything that happened after he wrote his first book on the Kennedy assassination and how his life was turned upside down. After the publication of his first, you read his first book and you read his last book, you have this narrative of how, listen, if I'm a crackpot and if I'm talking out of my butthole, if I'm why talking... Why is my life going to shit? <laughs> why, why, why am I being bothered like this? Why am I being troubled like this? Yeah. And it's like you, you uh, Gerald, Gerald Posner wrote the worst book on the topic of the Kennedy assassination, and he was caught plagiarizing. He when he was caught lying about what yeah. people said to him when he was interviewing people for his book. His book, Case Closed, is, I mean, by far one of the worst books on the topic. But people still run to it, even though he was caught plagiarizing and he was caught lying about what people had told him in interviews yeah. for that book. People still run to it as if it's the it's the last word on the Kennedy assassination when it isn't. And, well, not, and we, that to to kind of sort of keep us on track. Um the yeah the thing about that to me that's interesting is that it's because it's like this this negative mass thing, right? The yeah. negative mass liquid that we were talking about the first story. We know something is wrong. We don't know what it is. Right. And a lot of people just want the comfort of saying, no, we do know. They don't yeah. want to open themselves up to the possibility that what they have learned or what their opinion is might be wrong. Rich and that's one yeah. thing, as, as you and I over the past <laughs> years have said <laughs> in our various political discussions, I always try to enter every political discussion with my mindset to be open to change. Yeah. I am willing to admit I might be wrong. Yeah. And I think there are far too many people who aren't as well read who are refusing to consider that they might be wrong. Yeah. Oh, you got that from Fox News. That's not a legitimate news source. Well, right. Why isn't it a legitimate news source? Well, they're biased. Okay, well, then you can't use CNN. Exactly. Well, I can use CNN. Why not? Because CNN is just as biased as Fox News. No, it's not. Exactly. Why? Because you agree with them? That's not the determinant factor on whether they're biased or not. Yeah. You know, and people just, they don't, they don't want to consider that fact. They don't want to think 
that they themselves might be wrong. And here's the really fucked up thing about it when it comes to politics. Yeah. It's an opinion. There is no right and wrong. It's an opinion. Yeah. And it doesn't just because you disagree with me doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean I'm a bad person. It means we are two people who have different opinions. You know, it's not like you're saying one plus one is two and I'm saying, no, it's 11. Yeah. That's not how this works. There is no definitive right and wrong to it. And those are the things that drive me nuts. Um, but at the same time, I love having those conversations, especially with people who are as well-read or better-read than I am. Yeah. I, Because I, I learn things. I learn more. And I'm either going to have my opinion changed or strengthened from those conversations. Right? But more importantly, I'm going to get an understanding of how the other person is thinking and how they're arriving at their conclusions. Yeah. And that that makes me better as a person. It it makes me more enlightened as a person because if I can if I can walk a mile in another person's shoes, then I've got some insight into who that person is and how they think. And I love learning that kind of that's people are the most fascinating things on the planet. Yeah. So learning that about people is just so important and fascinating to me. I think it's amazing how we can have a conversation. I think you and I have actually butted heads on a couple of things where we have said, you know, yeah. buddy, I, I don't, I, I don't think I buy that. I don't think I agree with that. And and I, I don't think it's ruined our relationship. I think that no, I've, I think things made it stronger. I think that there are times when I have said, um, to you, hey, listen, hey, here, here's an example. Read Mark Lane's book and see what he says about this topic. I'm just going to use that as an example. And you you said to me you need to read this that and the other thing and and see, you know, and see what you think is after you've read it. We've had these conversations. I'm still not convinced um I'm still not convinced that there are still aliens living on the moon or the moon is hollow, but I believe other people believe it and I think it's an interesting thing to talk about. I think yeah. that it is something. I do think that if there are things like I'll, I'll just did the moon for example, um, you know, and I I will listening listen to other people's opinions. I've done talk. I've done show topics on things that you know. I I don't think I believe that. I don't think that I believe in this that or the other thing. This is one conspiracy theory that I just can't get into. I can't buy. Um, but I'll I'll listen to people and hey and hear what they have to say and not you know go on some crazy crusade to disprove them especially while they're guests on my show. Um, right. I but but for crying out loud, Jay, I think that the entire notion is that there are the people who are convinced that they're right on a specific topic. They're right on a specific topic, and it's their job to convert you into their way of thinking while not even looking at the body of evidence that they've already looked at. Like there are people who will not look at the books that I've read on a certain topic or even read the reviews that I wrote on a certain topic. Nope, my mind's already made up. That didn't happen the way it happened. And see, I personally think that, especially with, with you in particular, you read those things and you post reviews of them. So you're not like saying 
you know, I read this somewhere else in they referenced this book, so I'm using yeah. it as a reference yeah. by proxy. You've actually read the book, so you've not only seen what they've said, but you've also seen it in the context in which they phrased it, which is very important in understanding exactly what it is a person is saying yeah. when they publish a book or publish an article. So that's one of the things I enjoy about talking pretty much most things with you yeah. is if you're not well read on it, you will just flat out admit, hey, yeah, I don't know much about this. I haven't done much research on it. But if you have done your research, you're able to cite those things. And that makes for a much more entertaining and enlightening discussion. One of, one of the things that I hope that we can talk about, and I'm even going to try and get this woman as a guest on a future show. Last night, I just finished um, listening to the audio book. It's, the book is called Collapse. And I'm going to put it, I'm going to bore everybody to tears while I'm looking to get the, the, the book here. Oh, it's another one of these books about the economy. And it is, yep. it's called Collusion, and it is written by Naomi Prinz, who has done extensive research into currency um, and how the entire global finance revolves around the manipulation of money fiat currency and creative book balancing to keep the global economy humming along and using the American dollar as the um, currency of the realm, the coin of the realm. I think that's not the term yeah. that she uses. Yeah. Um, but the, the um, it, it's, it's the global currency. The American dollar is a global currency. And every time that somebody else tries to come up with another idea or say their currency should be uh, the, the global reserve, as it were, um, the Federal Reserve does a great job crushing these other countries. And, and you look at a country like China. People are worried about China taking over the global economy. Um China, China could not quote take America because they have so many of our our our, our treasury notes. Well, they're couldn't they're happen. dependent on us, right? It's a yeah. mutually, it's it's a symbiotic relationship between exactly. Well, a, yeah. I wouldn't say symbiotic. It's more like a parasitic. There's a lot more antagonism going on. But I would the relationship between the U.S. and China is a economic cold war. Yeah, is how I would phrase it because. They can't damage us too much because doing so would hurt themselves. Yeah. And we can't damage that them too much because doing so would hurt ourselves. We get a lot of products from China. A lot of those products we get, we get so that they're affordable and yeah. are able to propagate within our society. And China is dependent upon us for those contracts to keep their people working. So it really is a cold war because there's no love lost between the US and China. Yeah. There's not a whole lot that we agree on that we like each other for. There's little things we'll bitch about with them, there's things they'll bitch about with us. They'll they'll laugh and, you know, snub their noses at us for some things. We'll do the same thing to them. Yeah. But we can't live without each other. You know, it's <laughs> no, no, it's that's, almost that's, like that's, an abusive marriage. It, it really is. It's it's sort of like the George Carlin routine about how you know you know um, 
battered spouses, you know, she's very big, he's very small, and they both drink about a quarter of whiskey each day. And how you have these these two rivals whose lives are so intermingled and dependent on each other. God forbid if one economy collapses, the other one is taken down with it. And if yeah. if American China goes down, who who goes down with them? Everybody. Well, Here's yeah, another thing exactly. that ought to scare the crap out of everybody. Yeah. What happens to Europe? America's stockpile of nuclear weapons if the American economy collapses what if america as a country ceases to exist what happens to america's stockpile of nuclear weapons what happens to all these atomic power plants that well, if you want to if you really want to chase down that rabbit hole i mean we that's that's a really really deep freaking warren that you can go into with yeah, all yeah. these happy twists and turns right because there's the nuclear question yeah. there's our military presence question there is our influence or the influence of our society, of our culture, yeah. permeates most of the globe, if not the entire globe. I've, I saw an article once where an interview where I think it was Daniel Craig was talking about how they were filming one of the James Bond movies in this godforsaken hole in the middle of nowhere where they didn't even have electricity. And when he walked off of the canoe that they took up the river to get to this location, it's quantum of the solids, local yeah. villagers were like, James Bond, James Bond, James Bond. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. he's like, how the hell are these people even aware of me? Exactly. That's, you know? that's some so, scary stuff. That's, that right. is some, but at the minute, the minute you take away America's influence on the world, horrible things start happening. Like if, Nuclear reactors that people go to work to at every day and they make sure that there's there's enough coolant going in and, and keeping those rods cool. You know, there, there are places where we have nuclear waste that is under lock and key and armed guards. There are all these other... An MIT student had told me a couple of weeks ago about what really terrifies the people who work at a lot of these um, research facilities where, where, where they have infectious diseases kept in refrigerators. And to save a buck, they keep whittling down building security and building maintenance. They need to save a couple of bucks so that they can have you know bonuses for the executives who work at these companies. So they're slowly sort of whittling down building security and building maintenance. What happens that one night when the electricity goes off in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and the backup generator doesn't kick on because they skimped on the maintenance? The, the, the nightmare scenario... That they Is actually, that the biochem one? The biochem one. Yeah. And this doctoral student had told me about how they just they, they sit around the break room and they quietly talk about how this this could lead to a disaster. Yeah. Whereas if if God forbid um this university 
somehow was not able to pay its bills, wasn't able to pay the electric bill or whatever, what would what would happen to this facility? What if there was a blackout during a horrible mm-hmm. snowstorm like the blizzard of 78? And because mm-hmm. that they had skimped on the maintenance on the diesel generator that generates the backup emergency power, what would happen if that was turned off? Like it would, the emergency generator wouldn't kick in. If it was, Dude, I remember sitting in an op center in 2004 when they had that massive blackout. Yeah, and looking out the window and seeing lights going off around us, and we still had the lights, we still had power. And at one point, I turned to um, one of my colleagues and said, "You know, there's a part of me that wonders what's the point in us even being up and running at this exactly." Stage. You know, if you're sending out a signal but no one can receive it, where's the value? What's what's the point? Exactly. What do you want? What do you want to do with this? Where do you want to go with this information here? Knowing that if... if Because you see these movies about social breakdown and, and, and civilization just simply ends like that. It's not like... Um, the walking dead where you have to like march out of town and hit the road and you're and you're walking from town to town scavenging and stuff like that and you have to fight off the zombies no it's actually if if one day society collapses because of the last economic bubble bursts well first of all you still have your home that you're going to actually have to live in because there's not going to be any gasoline, and you know, have you ever have you ever spoken to any preppers? Oh, talking to peppers, preppers are crazy. But the thing is, is that talk. I mean, the the point here that I'm trying to make is is that what would actually happen if the lights go out? All the things that are keeping under lock and key using electricity, all of that stuff is suddenly going to be out. It's going to be released because they yeah. can't they can't secure it any longer because you need yeah. you need electricity to run the security systems to keep that stuff under lock and key in the middle of let's say that in the middle of the summer there's a solar flare and it knocks out the electricity for all of North America South America and parts of Europe and all these things that we're keeping safe again because well you know electricity is cheap and we have all of these backup securities and the ge- what happens when the generators don't run and some disgruntled employee walks into this research facility and says oh weaponized ebola oh, this ought to be fun releases it out <laughs> to the public and the oh thing is is it we're not we're not but here's the thing like Somebody had told me that they they actually tried to weaponize rabies as, yeah. as a biological weapon, and I'm sure that there are people who are saying, "Well, no, that's that's impossible because of this roadblock, this roadblock, and this roadblock." No, they were they were looking at ways to tear down those roadblocks and weaponize yeah. rabies to make people that's, rabid. That's the thing. Yeah, that's that's the thing people don't get is, well, you can't do that because of this and the other thing. Well, that's that's the point of trying to weaponize something. Yeah. Is to find out what the object, what the obstacles are, and what? then overcoming them. That's some pretty scary stuff. And there are people out there well, who are actually like, "Yeah, this is this. Yeah, let's try this. Let's do this." Now take it, take it to the next step. Not only do those things get out, not only do those things start to spread, but 
but there's no CDC. Yeah. There's no centralized health management of any any form. Our health management infrastructure is gone, just doesn't exist anymore, or effectively doesn't exist anymore. Because you can go to a clinic and get a shot today, or get, see a doctor, or whatever, but now with no power, no electricity, no gas, because that's the other thing, gas is going to go away. You have no power to to run the refineries with, you got no gas. Now your car's not worth anything. Yeah. You know? And that's it. That's, there's just our society and our existence exists on this really fragile set of dominoes. And all it takes is for one of those dominoes to fall when it can cause a chain reaction. Now, there are some dominoes that it's okay to fall and it'll cause problems, but we can recover from them. Yeah. There's in the industry I work in, there's a lot of, I mean, I work in the internet and there's a lot of money being spent to ensure that any catastrophe that happens doesn't take down the entire thing. Yeah. Right. But there are things beyond our control. There's also, there's also the huge aspect of like everything runs on money. Everything runs on finance and, and fiat currency. What happens when when the fiat currency is worth nothing? Well, and that's where you get into... Now, again, I'm not an economist, so I don't fully right. understand all of this. But when you get into things like Bitcoin, and yeah. that's where people love and hate Bitcoin because they see it as an investment opportunity. But what if those that kind of blockchain cryptocurrency then becomes the norm right and because cryptocurrency one of the one of the scary things about it is that it is volatile by nature yeah right theoretically there's supposed to be only there's supposed to be an upper limit on how many how many bitcoins are out there and every time they increase that limit that dilutes the value it has no intrinsic value right not like there's gold nothing exactly not like gold even gold, you could argue, is not intrinsically valuable, but it's something material that you can put in your hand and you know what you have. And that has psychological value, which, let's face it, that's part of it anyway. Yeah. Um, I forget if it was, um, I don't think it was Thomas Sowell, I forget which economist I was, I was listening to, but he was saying that our economy, the entire concept of money is basically a representative barter system mm-hmm. where when you go see something you want or need you go and say i would like to have that and then the person who has that says have you contributed to society in some way shape or form and when you hand over money what you're saying is yes i have contributed to society in some way shape or form and here is my proof and then they exchange that to you right that's the whole concept of currency exactly that's the whole concept behind it it's a representative barter system you may have you have or can produce something of value and because you can do that other people are willing to give you things that you value yeah they may have an abundance of it so they place no value not as much value on it as you do because you do not have as much of it right it's like you know, the old saw where people who live in a desert don't value gold, they value water. Right? Yeah. It's about wants and needs. Gold we like because it's shiny and it's pretty. 
water is much more important because without it we die right so but it's hard to it's 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 hard <laughs> it, it's uh it's sort of hard to make up pieces of paper that say hey this 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 piece of paper equals a liter of of water and the thing is is that oh but you can go out and you can collect the rainwater that's coming off of your roof and all of a sudden it was like hey i can it's hard to corrupt water i guess or maybe it's not thanks to what we've seen in flint <laughs> then that's well. and that's the point that i'm looking at it's like you look at you look at things that you need and and the government sets up all of these rules to control what it is that you need and how you can get it just to survive and everybody right. needs to participate in the society because if everybody doesn't participate in the society and don't ask questions just listen to what the media has to tell you and just go along with it and pretend that everything is okay. And once you have somebody who like gets in front of a microphone or a keyboard and says, this is how I think this is effed up. This is how I think that we are really screwing ourselves. And we are allowing other people to determine what opinions are valid or another's. And this is, this is one of the things that other people are starting to get a hold of as well, taking this full circle back to this story that it's still developing. And I hope that we're not boring the hell out of people by saying this. <laughs> the thing is, is that there are some of us who are saying, who are, we're not saying that the sky is falling. What no. we're saying is, is that there, there is, there's a horrible thing that is coming and it's just right on the other side of tomorrow. We, there's something that is coming and it's awful and it's brutal and here's what you need to know about it. And for one thing, the government is lying about everything. The government is lying to you about how secure the system is. This is one of right. the things that I said in that very rant. Fragile. Like the thing is, the government cannot secure data. Somehow, the data, the data is is like the rain on on a leaky roof. Somehow, the rain finds a way to get through and ruin your living room furniture because of your now, leaky roof. Here's a caveat to that, yeah. right? All of the leaks that have come from the government, do you do you have any idea what percentage that is from technology leaks versus human leaks? We have. I I will tell you. I have no idea. You probably have a better idea than I do. It's about it's about thirty seventy, seventy percent being human. It's well, most of the information we get from the government is not because someone hacked in somewhere and got something. It's because someone made it available to them yeah okay whether that's someone talking to a reporter off record or something like that that is how the majority of the leaks come out of the government now our government by the way is not very good at securing its data it really isn't however it is possible to have secured data that's the company i work for mm -hmm. that's what we do we back up people's data we store it somewhere in a secure manner that is as secure as it can possibly be. We are able to work with the federal government and with government entities and civilians working within the government area, uh, government cloud to secure that data. And we have the highest marks from any evaluation that has been put out there. So it is possible to do it. And it doesn't have to be terribly expensive. However, yep. the government 
bureaucracy, the wheels move slow. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of momentum to get things changing and get things moving in the government. So because of that, a lot of the government's security for electronic security is frankly just out of date because it takes so long to get it replaced and updated. Now, there's exceptions to that within the government. There are parts of the government where the data is more secure than anything in the private sector, but not all of it. Yeah. Not all of the government is like that. There are people, when they think of the government, they tend to think of one big, huge, massive bureaucracy because in essence it is. Yeah. However, it is a very, very siloed form of bureaucracy where, you know, silo seven does not speak to silo 28 in any way, shape or form. They don't share anything. They don't share any, any processes, procedures or anything like that. So because of that, silo seven might be incredibly secure, whereas silo 27, if you wander by, you may pick up something that is really, really sensitive that they don't want you to know. Yeah. Because they don't follow those same processes and procedures. And a lot of that is because of what people commonly think of as the deep state, which is actually just the bureaucracy. You've got people that have been in charge of that that particular silo of the government, <clears throat> excuse me, and they just don't see a need to change. Well, we, we haven't had any problems with it. So... That's just ridiculous expenditure. I don't know why they're doing that. They're doing it because it fucking works, dude. Yeah. That's, that's why they're doing it. You know, and I see it. I see it in certain customers that we have. I see it in colleagues I have with the companies that they work in where they may be doing something that I think would work. Our company should adopt and work better and things that I think we're doing that their companies should adopt because it would work better. But I'm not in a position to make those decisions. Right. You know, and it's the government is as huge as it is, is like its own version of the private sector where each of these silos are doing their own little almost experiment on how do we keep things secure? How do we run things efficiently? How do we do all this other kind of stuff? And then there's another silo where they're like, okay, I don't give a shit about efficiency. It works. I don't care. And you get the people who have been in there and they're just comfortable and they don't want to change. And you'll see it in the private sector as well. It's human nature. Too often when we think of large organizations, we take out the human factor because we think it's being eliminated. But human error is a thing that always will exist because even the best code in the world was developed by human. Yeah, but you also have the other human factor, whereas is that, oh, I think that this is a secret that everybody needs to know about. People need exactly. to know about this, that, and the other thing, like Edward, Snow Edward Snowden. And he right. seems to think that the secrets that he was sitting on is vitally important for basic right. human rights and democracy. You need to know that the government is doing this in your name. And I know that this we're sort of treading on the same ground that we've covered in the past couple of episodes. But there's there's... Because you're starting to see a pattern. You're starting to see people releasing information to the public that they think we ought to know there are these leaks and it makes people look really bad like the like the Hillary Clinton email leaks probably helped cost her the election 
there's there's that because you need to know this yeah. is what this woman did when she was Secretary of State, and this is what this woman was doing when when uh, you know she was trading favors for donations to the, the Clinton campaign. That's something you ought to know about, right? And again, the human factor comes in as as well there because it's when someone on the opposite side of the political spectrum sees that they're like oh see how evil they are well don't look too far or stray too far from that particular mirror because your side's doing the same thing we're all doing and that's the thing that a lot of people are starting to look at and and starting to realize holy crap my side is just as guilty as the other as well right there's a lot of a lot of people are you know that there's a lot of that broken arrow going on where people are realizing well I don't agree with what the other side's doing, but I agree when they say we're no better. You know, and and there's a lot of self-illumination going on. Right. Um which need which I think actually needs to get done. I think people need to start looking at their own side and what their side is doing. Well, as we said as we discussed in our last in our last podcast, we need the Edward Snowdens of the world. We need the Julian Assanges of the world. Right. Um to an extent, we need that to happen. I may not agree with their motivations for doing what they've done, but at the same point, we do have a need to be aware of that. Also, we need to be aware that our government, in order to exist as a government, especially on the stage that it's existed since World War II, the end of World War II really is where American ascendancy started to really dominate the international sphere. But in order for us to operate at that level, the government does have to engage in some really shady shit. Yeah. It has to. That is the nature of governments. They have to do some things in order to protect their perpetuity and to preserve their integrity in terms of not moral integrity, but their institutional integrity. There's so also a they're sense going to guy. engage in that yeah. shit. So you're going to have Edward Snowden go out there and release information that we need to know, but it's going to have a cost in human lives that he's done that. Yeah, you're going to have a Julian Assange out there who's going to get a hold of the information, make it widely available to the to the world, and that is going to make the institutional integrity of the government more fragile. Yeah, those things are going to happen because. There has to be a balance between the chaos of freedom and liberty and then the absolute rigidity of a government being protected and, and providing and all that other kind of stuff. We have to strike that balance. And that's where our entire political discussion really hinges on kind of that fulcrum. You know, it's... It's more three-dimensional than it is two-dimensional in terms of right-left, but how much authority do you want the government to have? Because the more authority you give the government, the less freedom you have. How much freedom do you want to have? Because the more freedom you have, the more freedom everyone else has, and the less security you're going to have as well. I think the and that's, issue... That's, that, a, that's a moving point in the middle. The, the issue that we're facing right now, to kind of bring this full circle, Jay, mm-hmm. is that you have... You have the people who say, I think you need to know about this, and I'm going to release it illegally, whether they want me to or not, because this is something I think that you need to know about. 
Okay. And then you have the government that says, we're going to prosecute these people for releasing this information that we didn't want the people to know. Yeah. Okay. And then you have these other people who say, I, 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 listen, I got a problem with this and I got a problem with that. I think we ought to know this, that, and the other thing. But I don't think that we need to know about the names of the secret agents who are working out in the field so that their, their families are in jeopardy. I think that that's bad. Or we need somebody, you need somebody to say, I don't trust the government because they cannot keep secrets. And that the secrets that they're keeping makes the Constitution invalid. A man was killed because he was trying to change society. He was trying to change society for the better. Since the last time we we recorded, I finished listening to JFK and the Unspeakable. And Mm -hmm. And this is the first book that I've read that is dedicated entirely to the topic of why would anybody in the government want to kill Jack Kennedy? And it's a long book because the thing is, is that it's almost to the point where it says, well, who didn't want to have Kennedy killed in the government? Because he tried to end one of the top, one of the things that he he wanted to end. He wanted to end government officials of elected and appointed from profiteering from war. He wanted yeah. to stop people who were in the government from profiting off of the wars that we were sending young men to die in. That's one of the things he wanted to do. He was looking at this this these. First of all, here's everything that he could see that the CIA was doing. And he wanted to end that. And then he sees this big, huge monster in the dark. He doesn't know what it is. He knows that it's there. These other covert operations that the NSA and the CIA and the FBI were doing. He didn't know what it was. He just knew that he wanted to put an end to it. And that there was all these other things. It was just, wait a minute, we're spending billions of dollars on these secret programs. I don't even know what they are. We should find out what it is and put an end to it. Hey, Jack, you know, you know, let's go for a car ride in Dallas. It'll be wonderful. The weather's going to be great, I guarantee. <laughs> That's some yeah, sick shit. <laughs> and, and the thing is, there are some of us who are starting to realize since November 22nd, 1963, we have not had a legitimate president of the United States since then because the people who perpetrated that crime were never brought to justice and they were able to go about business as usual and they made things a hell of a lot worse and, and that's where we need, get the the theories the conspiracy theories about the shadow government right oh they're, they're not and, and i and i will yeah they're, like, we've discussed this it's i will not really and, and, I, and i will and i will quote richard bartholomew it's not a theory anymore yeah it's not a theory so to make a short story long here but the overlying thing that we have here and the theme of this episode and the past couple of episodes is that you have a private organization that volunteers any information the government wants. They, they, they volunteer that information. To the, if you want to know somebody's search, and I just read this article, even when you go in an incognito mode, they, they have a record of everything that you've ever searched and every website you've ever been on using Chrome. Yep. The government wants that information, they can get it like that. They are also a private company is censoring their, your search results so you don't see the web pages they don't want you to see. Now, there's a, and here, I'm nothing special, Jay. 
I'm this guy, yeah. I'm this crazy guy who was obsessed with classic films and jazz era style who occasionally talks about social and political events through the lens of history. Mm-hmm. That's all I do. For whatever reason, this one article, they've decided that they wanted it. And I never got an email saying we would had to remove this web page of yours from our right. results for this reason. And there's, and, there's and again, no trial. A- there's no hearing. There's no trial. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to cut you off, Jay. There's no, no trial. There's no hearing. They did it unilaterally. Yep. And... What can you what can you do about it? There's nothing you can do about it except for have a podcast that talks about this. And now we're talking about how other news organizations are starting to catch on that their web pages are being excluded from search results. What does that say about the, what Google is doing? Says something about America that is yeah. terrifying, Jay. Well, on the one hand, there's there's the libertarian in me that's like, well, they're they're a private organization; they can do whatever the fuck they want. You know, they have that right. There's another part of me that says, okay, but they're also a hypocrite because they loudly and frequently proclaim that their mandate is do no evil. So if you're not allowing free speech to happen, are you really doing no evil? My answer is no. I don't think so. So I think Google is in the moral wrong here, but in their legal rights. It's not... They're taking advantage of the fact that they are essentially an institution within our society. Now, there are alternatives that we can use. A lot of people don't use them for whatever reason, right? They don't like the results, whatever. The fact remains is that Google is not the only search engine. No. It isn't. There's Bing, there's DuckDuckGo, there's there's literally dozens of others. Not all of them work very well not all of them are as um eh, easy to use some of them you actually have to understand uh boolean phrasing so that you can conduct a search if you want to have multiple words in it but are they engaging in the same sort of things that google is well who knows we don't because know Google's yet. success has cast a spotlight on them that allows us to apply a microscope so we can actually look at things because they're of the size they are. For all we know, every single search engine out there does the same thing and engages in the same thing. And they may have some very benign reasons for doing so, such as, well, there's too much information available, so we have to prioritize it in some way, shape, or form. And this is the way we've chosen to do that. Again, from my way of thinking, I would rather they disclose that and say, look, if you're using our search engine, we are going to prioritize this political theory we're going to prioritize this other thing simply because we have to do we have to have some means of prioritizing the search results we can't weigh everything evenly because there's no way we can present it yeah in such a fashion so as a result this is how we've elected to prioritize things at least then me as an end user i can make that decision and say okay i know where the bias is coming from in my search results where things go wonky for me is when they claim they're not doing it, but you can find evidence they are. Because now that shows that they're hiding something. And if they're hiding one thing, what else are they hiding? What else are they doing? What else are they not telling us? Honesty is the best policy as far as I'm concerned in our government and 
in private industry. You run a newspaper, you want to present the progressive side of things, fine. Just don't tell me you're not biased. Yeah, yeah. And, and on top of that, if I'm doing something wrong, if I'm writing something and it's being censored and removed from search engine results, I ought to know what it is it that I did wrong so I won't do it again. If something, if, <laughs> and I've done some, if, if it's something legitimate, if I've done something legitimately wrong, I ought to know so I can correct myself and say, oh, if that's the reason why you're upset with that article, oh, well, that makes sense. I'll take it down. Thank you. I'm sorry. At least tell yeah. me what it is that I'm doing wrong so I won't do it again. They won't right. even give me a chance to correct if I want to. Give me the opportunity to at least, you know, give me an, op an opportunity to at least have a conversation about what I may have done wrong. And here's, and here's the other thing, Jay. I, I don't even know if this is happening to other articles. Mm -hmm. I, back in August, I published an article called The Enemy of My Enemy is Still the CIA, talking about how John Brennan is not a nice guy. He's not the hero you think he is. John Brennan is somebody who illegally spied on members of Congress and the Senate. Just because he liked it, he liked it. He just liked doing it. And when he testified in Congress, he had said something to the extent of, you know, yeah, okay, I'll lie to you and I'll tell you that I'll stop doing it, but I'm not going to stop doing it. I'm doing it because I like it, because it's fun. And I'm paraphrasing, obviously. Right. Um, and and he, in the Obama administration, he was a pariah. He was a monster. He was somebody who was he was breaking the law in the name of national security, and people hated him for it. Now, now that he's spoken out against uh, Donald Trump, now now he's a hero. Yeah, Bill Maher had him on his show, his HBO show, called him an American hero because yeah. he's anti-Trump. Right. That makes that makes no sense. He, I mean, all the, uh, the the crappy things that he did when he was spying on members of of, of of Congress. How does that get a pass? And and for whatever reason, I could not find the enemy of my enemy is the CIA. I yeah. submitted it again to be indexed on Google. Now all of a sudden, it's on. Now you can find it again. How long is yeah. that going to last? What other articles have I written? Who else? And, and here's the, but it's not just me. It's not just me, Jay. It's other people that this is happening to. There are other yep. bloggers who are facing the same thing, and they don't they don't know why their pages are being removed. I just read something. I'm trying to get confirmation of this. Somebody had said that he wrote something critical of of the government on Google's blogger blogger.com his page mm -hmm. was just it, his page was removed that page was removed by blogger i'm trying to get confirmation before i say anything else about this but the right. thing is is that how is that free speech when a corporation can arbitrarily just remove your content right but at the same time i think it's important for us to realize and recognize that the the first amendment only applies to the government. The government cannot limit your free speech. The government cannot come in to Google and say, do not allow this article to show up 
in any of your search results. The government can't do that. A private company can. The amendments only apply to the federal government. They are limitations on the government. They are not limitations on private industry in any way, shape, or form, which is why you can have a baker who can refuse to bake a wedding cake for a gay couple. Yeah, Legally, he can do that. Is it discrimination? Yes, it is. But he also has the right to practice his religion as he sees fit and have that inform his decision as, yeah. as he sees fit. Is it a dumb business decision? Absolutely. It's the worst it really business is. decision. It's the worst business decision you can possibly imagine. Yeah, but yes, at now, the same time, he has a right to do sh- that. Oh, sure. And the government doesn't. The government does not have a right to penalize him for making a bad business decision, right? Because yeah. that gay couple has other cake companies that would be willing to work with them. And why would you and want? As long as that exists, yeah. Why would you? Why would want you want to force them to do it anyway? What they might? I mean, they're baking food for crying out loud. What the fuck are they going to put in it? Why would you want somebody who hates you to bake a cake for you? That's that's stupid. That really that really is. And I'm sure that I'm going to alienate some of my LBG friends and family out there. Why would why would I want somebody who hates me to prepare my food? And that I mean that's 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 an individual decision people can make. I I, I don't really care about that, but I always to, to get at the principle and find out if the principle that you're espousing is a good principle or not, reverse the situation. If you think it's perfectly fine to shut down a baker who refuses to bake a cake for a gay wedding, then you're also okay with being able to have a gay baker shut him down for refusing to bake a cake for the Westboro Baptist Church that says God hates facts. Yeah. Because the principle remains the same. That baker has a right to make stupid business decisions. That organization or that couple has the right to go to another business and give them money to get the product they want. Yeah. The government does not have a right to step in in either case. If you think the two situations are different in any way, shape, or form, it's because of the identities involved, not the principle involved. And that is an important distinction to make and understand because identity politics is not fair. Identity politics is placing one group over another. If it's someone with darker or lighter skin, you're placing over someone with darker or lighter skin. We call it racism, and generally that's bad. If that group or, or organization involves people with certain dangly genetic bits, we call that sexism. So why yeah. is it any different when it comes to sexual preferences? It's not. It really isn't. Identity politics is when you start playing in the devil's playground. Yeah. When you're yeah. truly looking at whether something is morally right or morally wrong, the identity of the two parties becomes irrelevant because justice should be blind. And if we if you want to take the the moral high road, you should value everyone equally because that is when you're espousing that moral high ground. And I value the lives of my homosexual friends. Yeah. It doesn't matter to me that they're homosexual. What matters to me is are they good people? 
Do we get along? Do we enjoy spending time in each other's company? Because that's what matters in a person, not who they sleep with, not, not, you know, what color their skin is, not, you know, what sort of dangly bits they've got. Those things are incidental to that person's identity. That person's identity is centered around their personality, the way they choose to live their life in terms of how they treat other people. I have met homosexuals that live a far more Christian life yeah. than a lot of Christians that I've met. I have met I I have met black people who are far less racist than any member of of any white organization out there. I have met people who are black that are far more racist. Yeah. Than the KKK for example. Those are things that matter more to me. You know, I want I want to surround myself with people who want to make the world a better place by being better people and showing other people that there's a better way through their own actions. You're not going to do that by demonizing people. You're only going to do that by just being the best you you can be. I'm willing to accept anybody. I may not like them. I may not disagree with them, but I'm willing to accept them. If I don't like you, I'm not going to want to spend time with you. That's all there is. That's all there is to it because now I'm exercising my right to spend time with people who I enjoy spending time with. Everyone has that right. We're not under any obligation. There's no quota anywhere saying that, you know, you have to have, you know, five gray friends and seven not uh, yet. Asian friends. Not and yet, three. Jay. Not yet. I think it would be a travesty to force that on people. Well, but you know what? There, I'm sure that there was somebody out there who is going to say, yeah, you don't have enough of these friends and that friend. Well, here you go. Here's here's your quota. And you get you, yeah. you open up an envelope. You got to meet these people for coffee somewhere. Right. You know? And then how do you do that? Yeah. You, know? you need I to mean, set up another government agency that's going to waste trillions of dollars on this program that's not going to work. Ex um, well, exactly. Like I, I had a friend. She was from an inner city and she was part of this um, program where they bust her and some other people from the inner city to the suburbs where the rich white people lived. And she was like, it was absolutely awful. Yeah. Because even though it it worked in the extent that we saw a little bit of each other's lives, she's like, we didn't intermingle. We no. didn't form friendships or anything. Because the more we learned about each other, the more we learned we don't understand each other at all. How can someone who gets a car for their 16th birthday understand, possibly understand, why you as a 16-year-old are working a job 20-plus hours a week to help your family make rent every month. Yeah. There's just so much obstacles to that. And besides that, even if they did make friends, how the hell are they going to hang out? Are her, are her rich friends going to drive out and pick her up and bring her out to a party? No, of course not. That's a lot of time that they're going to have to spend just going to get her to bring her there. You know, and then there's always going to be an asshole at a party because there always is. Yeah. So she was like, it it didn't really work the way they intended it to work. If anything, it solidified the boundaries that existed because of that. And I think that's unfortunate. I think, you know, what it boils down to is everyone gets involved in their own thing. And I'm of the particular mindset that the more people I meet that 
are people that I otherwise would not have met, the better off I am as a person. But not everyone's like that. Unfortunately, I think too few people are like that. Yeah. And yeah, I'm sounding kind of arrogant when I say that, but it's taken a long while for me to get to this point in my life where I'm where I want to do that. You know? I think that we're we're probably running out of time here and I do think that the one thing that we absolutely do want to cover <laughs> is the two con- the, the biggest controversies in the past week. Um Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is problematic, and I wrote about it. If you actually do a Google search, see if you can find it. Uh, the Rudolph Incident, a Christmas love story. Uh, do a search of that, and I'll explain to you why um, Rudolph has to go through all that horrible crap that he went through to become. He, Rudolph, wasn't the hero that the North Pole wanted but he was the hero the North Pole deserved. <laughs> and, uh, and of course, people are offended by, baby, it's cold outside. Well, you know what I'm offended by? I'm offended by the fact that you actually have the time to waste <laughs> talking about <laughs> these things. I'm, and the thing is, is, it was just like that whole baby, it's cold outside was written yeah. during a time where that's not what... if if. If a good girl wanted sex, she had to put an aspirin between her her, uh, uh, her knees and 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 wait until she was finally married before she yep. could not knock boots with a handsome stranger. Um, and for and for me, the the whole the whole story is it's it's a story about if to me it comes off as a girl who is well into her twenties or thirties. She's obviously a career girl who is still living at home. Yeah. And she is under the domination of her parents, and she's afraid to go all the way with this guy that she really likes. And it's the inner monologue that she's having with herself to convince herself it's okay to go all the way. Right. And this is where, to get kind of meta with it, I hate when people apply modern day morals to something that was written or performed or originally came out in within history because you see it like huck finn they don't want to let they don't want to let our children read huck finn because it uses the n-word right okay i i instead of taking the opportunity to explain why the n-word is not used anymore you're just going to eliminate one of the seminal works of american fiction from the education system yeah yeah that's called censorship you're one step away from burning that book. And look how well that turned out in the 30s. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's things like that are where we ha- they have this effort to make everything conform to their standard. They don't have that right. They don't have that right to tell me what I need to believe, how I need to think, how, what I need to do, and how I need to behave. They don't have that right. They have the right to judge me for it but they don't have a right to tell me I need to change. Yeah. Right? Because the truth of the matter is, if you want to live in a free society, you're going to be offended. You are going to see things you disagree with, things you absolutely despise and hate. Your integrity as a person is going to be determined by how you react to that. And if your reaction to something that offends you is to get me to change my way of thinking and ban it you 
well yeah because now you're are you that arrogant to think that you're the only one who has any rights at all because as soon as you're telling me what to do you're imposing on my right to live my life as i wish how would you like it if i did the same thing to you you would be outraged the fact of the matter is is when i express an opinion you're seeing it as me doing that and that's why you're telling me i can't do it but the truth of the matter is you're engaging in the exact same thing you're accusing me of yeah in a more increased level and they don't see it they don't see it and they don't see it because they don't want to see it and it just gets i'm going to tell you you can't see that movie because i don't like it yeah i don't want you to hear that song because i think it means something when it doesn't right no one should see the movie elysium because it makes people think that um, conservatives are bad and that offends me so no one should see the movie Elysium leave aside Is the it fact really? that it's a shit movie to begin with oh really I didn't know that leave that aside I, I, yeah I watched it yeah, leave that aside but you know what why does it give that message because that's the message I applied to it right it may not it may not it's mean a science, that at all <laughs> oh no it's not it's a science fiction movie yeah and it was intentionally written to highlight the one percent versus 99 percent mentality that's why it was written yeah that's why i saw it through that lens because i read that before i saw it but then after having seen it there's just it was too heavy-handed in its political message which is why it's a shit movie right they didn't concentrate enough on character development they didn't concentrate enough on the storyline or anything like that that makes a movie enjoyable it was all about the political message and because it was all about the political message it lacked the things to make it entertaining which is what a movie should be first and foremost if you want to do an art form and throw a political message in it that is fine you don't have a right to complain that it's the message people didn't like if you're just putting out per- shitty art. That's all there is to it. It's yeah. Throughout yeah, throughout history it was always the minstrels, the um jongleurs, the um the, for lack of a better term I'm going to borrow the fantasy term bard that were out there and they were the ones making political statements. A traveling minstrel could go into a king's court and ridicule the king without consequence. And that was an important part of society because that was how the king learned what the people in his kingdom felt about him. That was a very important role to fulfill. And when we talk about censoring comedians, we're basically killing the bard. And what you're saying is you can't joke about things that are too politically sensitive. Well, that's the whole point of comedy is to bring up things in our society that we are sensitive about opening our eyes to it and getting us to see it through a different lens it can be done with music it can be done with movies it can be done with plays shakespeare some of shakespeare's plays had politically motivated themes in them but they're damn good plays and they're entertaining which is why we still can read them hundreds of years later it's not the problem with political correctness is that it's existing for its own sake now yeah. It's not trying to open our eyes to new concepts or make us realize things that we otherwise wouldn't consider. And that's where it's getting really just out of control because now it exists for its own sake. That's not entertaining. That's not something I want to spend time with. I don't, who wants to spend an hour getting lectured? Oh, me, me, me. That you're I doing do, something I do. wrong. 
Yeah, but you drink heavier than I do. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know I'm being facetious. God, I hope. Oh, you absolutely. Know. Yeah, I absolutely. hope you know that I'm being facetious. Yeah, I'm I, not because you do drink heavier than I do. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's only because I haven't had a drink in 25. I think that does, that's a problem, Jay. You know, I, I'm starting to think that might be too. So, I think that the 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 whole thing that it, God, we've done it again. We've gone off track. We, have, we we do this all the time, and shit, we're working on two hours now, man. What the hell? I'm telling you, you're supposed to rein me in. We agreed about I know, this. It's funny. It's funny listening to you go off on tangents. But, <laughs> but anyway, but I do have to say that thanks to you, our listenership is up. So and you're doing a great job. So I'd like to thank, thank um, I'd like to thank you and your entire family, all six of them, for helping us to double our listenership. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And and my kids will get their appropriate bonuses as we had discussed. Yeah, and make sure and make sure <laughs> that I get the their their shirt sizes as well. Yeah, so, <laughs> I, you know, got to get them those metaphysical connection T-shirts and. And stuff like yep. that, but I think that um, I I do think that just to end out and round up the show, um, I I think that the theme of the show is that censorship is really becoming a serious problem with Google. And if you if you go to the show page, um, we're we're also going to link to a couple of news stories that I think that people are going to want to read and realize. Yeah, this is this is a serious problem. And also, just to let everybody know, we have not forgotten about George Do- uh, Herbert Walker Bush. We're probably going to do a special show just on him sometime. That it's just in bad taste to be talking about conspiracy theories on the day that they bury him. I just yes. thought that that was just. I think that that's in bad taste. Yes. So we'll definitely do something about where was George, um, on the on the day that JFK was assassinated. And seriously, what was his role in the CIA and how far back did does does it go? Um, and we're going to be looking at, and we're also going to be looking at some other great things as well about George Herbert Walker Bush, like the Americans with Disability Act and what he did with that. And uh, his promise for, uh, well, read my lips, no new taxes. We'll talk well, about we're, that. We're going to try and take an honest look at him. The, yeah. The warts and, and the, the shining parts at all. Exactly. No human is completely two-dimensional. They're multifaceted, and so was he. Perhaps a little more than most people. Yeah. Okay, Jay, I'm going to let you go, and right. uh, I'm going to button this up and, and put this out there on the interwebs, and I'll talk to you next week. Well, I'll talk to you sooner before that about other stuff, but yeah, we'll talk later. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you much, sir. Appreciate it. All right. been the metaphysical connection podcast from the fedora chronicles network don't forget to subscribe to this podcast via itunes google play or player fm you can find our podcast via your apple android 
or Windows devices using those services and more. If your favorite podcast service or program doesn't feature us, let us know by shooting us an email via info at the fedorachronicles.com. You can be a part of the metaphysical connection by subscribing to the Fedora Chronicles Network on Twitter through at Fedora Chronicle. There you will find jazz era counterculture, vintage threads, lost history, conspiracies, the paranormal, and space news. You can also join our Facebook group at facebook.com groups, the metaphysical connection. Both platforms are great ways to join our growing community, connect with other friends of the show, and find out what's coming up in next week's episode. Most importantly, you can support the show by hitting the Patreon button on all of our show pages, metaphysicalpodcast.com. Patreons of the show get specials such as getting the podcast a day before the rest of the audience, heads up about future episodes, and other exclusives. Want some Metaphysical Connection swag of your own? Get your own damn Metaphysical Connection coffee mugs, t-shirts, keychains, and barbecue aprons at our Zazzle page. My house is full of them, yours should be too. Find them at www.zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. Don't forget to check out our show sponsor, the Trinity Whip Company. Traditionally made kangaroo whips, top quality craftsmanship, and form as well as function. Handcrafted by Blake Brunning. Find his products at www.trinitywhipco.com. This is Carol Fisk thanking you for listening and signing off. Until next time, keep your chin up and your bra, excuse me, fedora on. <laughs>